Welcome back to this week's episode of the Matt and Mates podcast. Super interesting chat with Matt Smith, who is a professional athlete representing Australia in duathlons, which he will explain more about, but think of a triathlon minus the swim. I actually really love this chat, especially because I'm currently on my own running journey at the moment and took out so much from it to use in my own training. After turning 30, I realized I probably don't have much more contact sport left in me and need to start finding something a little less strenuous in my hobbies list. So running became the first thought. And to top it off, I decided this would be the year I run my first ever marathon. The furthest I have before this would be about 12K. So I've got a fair amount of training to get under my belt, but I'm sure I can do it. And I'm sure you all need that friend who is heavily into running and needs to constantly give you updates on their progress. So for all you listening, be prepared for that. Luckily for me, once I have that marathon ticked off my list, the great people of Shelter Brewing Co. will be helping me out with the recovery as they continue to send through a great variety of beers, which will be needed to celebrate this achievement. But basically, Matt not me, the other one in this chat, talks about what it takes to become a professional athlete and how he balances it with his everyday life, some competitions he has competed in and what he has planned next, and also chats about his coaching role he does and how he is helping mold the next lot of kids who are into their running journeys as well. One more thing to add, before or after listening to this episode, Don't forget to follow or hit the bell on the streaming service you're listening to make sure you stay up to date with when shows are released. Don't forget to drop a rating as well. It only takes a second to do and helps me immensely. And finally, if you could please just share the show with your friends, family, or whoever you think might enjoy it would help me so much. Whether it's word of mouth or shared on social media, I'll be forever grateful. Once again, another episode I know you will all love dearly. I love you all. One, two, three, four. G'day and welcome to the Matt and Mates podcast. Join me as we share some stories from some old and new mates. Matty Smith, thanks for coming on today, mate. What's going on? Yeah, no worries. It's been a little bit, hasn't it? It has been a few years. Uh, actually, I was just telling you before we jumped on that I'm moving house at the moment and I found my um, my Oh, you uni. found it? I found it this morning, so it's it's in my car. But yeah, it's been a, been a few years. We've, hey, we've been around I the think, houses. I've had you on socials, so that's how we've sort of stayed in contact in at all. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think I've seen you since like final year of uni, which would yeah, have been 2018? back in... 2016? You didn't do X-Fizz, did I didn't you? do X-Fizz, but I graduated... Uh, so it would have been 2017, because I, I, I graduated beginning of 20, 2018. Yeah. Yeah, so it would have been end of 2017. around that time. Jeez, that's a while back. Yeah, some stressful days doing X-Fizz too. Using your degree? Uh, I am, I think. Yeah, okay, I think good. I am. Yeah, it was, it was worth the the four years of, of the grind. But uh, yeah, I still look back at my, my days at uni as some of the best years of my oh, life. Like, I've made some lifelong friends and... Just everything else that was going on outside of uni as well was just, was just a good time. If you think about how relaxed we actually were at uni, yeah, you didn't like have to you, worry about paying think, tax. Or, oh man, 
You're so a- anything. stressed. No COVID yet. <laughs> no COVID yet. Oh man, yeah, like, I've got to pay for my own groceries now, and I've got to pay rent. I've got to oh, actually look sucks. after myself. But... And you actually got to use your degree and remember everything they actually did. Yeah, I, part of, again, part of moving house is you go through all your paperwork, and I was looking over some all, all the way from like kindergarten all the way through to my last year of, of university, and and I was trying to remember like uh, looking at my high school ex uh, not ex phys phys ed studies and. Uh, I'm pretty confident that I'd still pass the year 12 test. Yeah, now that I've studied <laughs> it's it. It's all clicked back in. But yeah, there's, there's um, a lot of stuff you forget about. Yeah, I have one memory. I actually wasn't in the group at the time, but I remember, uh, I think it was the exercise prescription class, say the first or second year. Yeah. And we used to do like the submaximal tests and yeah. the like. Yeah. And I think one of them was you were the actual, we'd always have someone that was a participant yeah. on the bike. And then some others would be doing the recording, checking heart rate, all of yeah. that. And I wasn't in your group, but I got told by the others that were doing the recording that you were the participant and you actually beat the test. Yeah, I just kept going. Uh, was, it happened a couple of times. There was a, there was a running one as well. I can't remember what the test was called, but essentially it's like a beep test, but in a circle. So yep. you don't stop. Um, it was in Brad Brad Hall's class and Brad actually wasn't there that day. It was Shane Johnston. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was like a beep test. You just got to get to the next point uh, before the beep goes off. But unlike a beep test, you don't have to change directions. So you're pretty much just running around in a circle yeah. nonstop. Um, getting dizzy. Yeah, getting dizzy. And, and it got to the point where I'd probably been running for 25 minutes and no one else was running. And I wanted to stop. <laughs> but but Shane, the guy who was stepping in for Brad, he was an ultra marathon runner. Um, oh, so he just, really? He just kept told me to keep going and going and going. Everyone else, I guess it was like a 35 degree day were... At, at the start, they were a bit annoyed that I was running, but then they were just like, this guy's still going. Just this guy's still stop. going. And yeah, I was just wearing casual clothes and casual shoes because I didn't know we were doing that, yeah. that, that day. But um, yeah, it's just one of those funny stories where everyone told me that it, it still gets talked about. Um, well, it was because it was based on heart rate, wasn't it? Yeah. And your heart yeah. rate's like just, ridiculously Just chilling low. at 150 yeah. or something yeah. when I was doing these circles. So I, I, I was having a great time, but oh, I think yeah. everyone else was getting a bit We were bored. just sitting there like everyone else was finishing up because I think our one finished in what, like eight minutes or something? Because yeah. I think it was the test that we were doing was you have to see a heart rate change of like, I think it's like five to 10 beats yeah. after two minutes. Yeah. And ours did that to the point we hit the 75 max, whatever it was. Yeah. And then we stopped. Whereas I think yours just always stayed at like sixty percent or something. Yeah. And you were just like, "All right, I guess just, we're here for the rest of the class." I was just <laughs> yapping away on the on the <laughs> bike. Yeah. Oh, that's unreal. Um, well, that's probably because you're an actual athlete. Uh, yeah, I like to I like to think I am in my spare time, but <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it takes up ninety percent of my my life. Uh, I'm I, I've been super lucky, really. Like I, I obviously work hard for for what I what I can do now, but I think with anything in life, you have to have some luck go your way. And I've, yeah. I've had plenty of luck go my way, whether it be um, the time I've, I've signed with sponsors and then like, like Hoka, my main, uh, they're my shoe sponsor. Uh, when I signed with them, they were a very small company. I was the only guy I think they were sponsoring in, in Australia at the time. Oh, right. um, and, and now they're a multi, I don't know, billion dollar company based in the US. Um, and, and I've just been taken for the ride. Uh, I've done some work for them. Uh, I've been given a salary. I've, I've, I've been super lucky. Um, but it was purely because I went to a run where there was this guy called Tony Smith uh, who has a son called Matt Smith and everyone just assumed that Tony was my dad. Uh, he's not. Uh, but Tony's a great guy. But yeah, he he, he was running in the Hokers. He just bought a pair and uh, I think he put me in contact with uh, Murray McIntyre uh, who 
had just brought them into the country and he put me in touch with Roger who still to this day is in charge of the whole organization here and yeah the next week we had a meeting and that was it I just got some free shoes and that I've been running in them ever since expensive shoes expensive shoes yeah and it's like Hoka's kind of we, we joke it's kind of like part of my personality I, I for a long time was known as the hoka guy well you are wearing the shirt i'm wearing the shirt i'm wearing the pants i'm wearing probably wearing their undies um but like it, it became a very big part of my personality because like I, I just love this product and i wanted to to get it on as many feet as possible uh and yeah then i started running as well which which was lucky uh, so the more that they saw me doing well the more they gave back and yeah, I'm in this really cool position now where I, I know a lot about the shoes. I get to go to international events. when I'm Whenever I'm at a big race and I, I see there's like a hoka tent there, I go and introduce myself and they all mostly, most of the time, know who I am. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just small things like that, uh, pretty much down to luck. Uh, but yeah, like uh, I've been super lucky. I've traveled the world, uh, sort of changing my goals at the moment. I'm in like a funny phase in my career where... I'm trying to do something different or transition to doing something different, uh, which I'm still trying to figure out with my coach and my new job and whatnot. But yeah, it's it's a good life. It's a no, busy it's life. And I'd spend most of my time tired. <laughs> but it's a good life. Uh, and I can't wait to unpack it. You know, I've actually, I think I've mentioned it to you a couple of times. Um, you're probably the man for it because you're the uh, Hoka expert. I'm getting into my running a bit now. Yeah, good to hear. Made a goal that I'm going to run a marathon this year. Yep. Because I've never run one. The furthest I've ever ran before that was like 12 kilometers. Yep. The old HBF fun runs. Yep. I've gone, oh, no, I reckon I can really challenge myself. Just go straight up to the big boy. Yeah. Well, I've just, <laughs> I've just turned 30 and I'm going, well, I've got to fucking accomplish it. 100%. Because I'm you're not, peak, not, peak not getting marathon age. Peak marathon? Yep. All right. So you, you'll okay. kill it. Awesome. So the thing though was I was having a search through um like wa or perth mainly to see what marathons are coming up yep because i wanted to do one within six months like from yep. the start of from the start of the year in six months time wanted to do one only one i could find was the perth marathon in october October. yep and i'm going i could that's plenty of time to train but if i'm might be going to europe in like august i thought well probably not going to do as much training no. you always like to think to, you think you will uh like I, I i coach guys and we'll get into that yep. and they're always like i'm going to europe it's going to be great i'm going to do all this trail running and then they take six weeks off yeah <laughs> every, every single that's time. what i was worried yeah. about because i don't want to do all this hard work just to see it deplete and then try and run a marathon and go oh it's the worst i've done even though you probably accomplish it still. yeah 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 uh so i've decided to go with one that i wasn't expecting to do perth ultra oh yeah the 50k yeah so I'll, I'll be down there i got one of one of my guys you're the face it. of it and i will am i yeah, on uh, the website you were you were the main person like the starting line you're yeah, the one taking cool. off yeah so i i will do the 21k there this year i did okay. last year um yeah it's a really good little event right it's around the river and uh the, the the 50k goes up the freeway bike path and comes back so it's super flat uh, but yeah, I think, I think they're trying to get closer to like a thousand people doing that this year. Like last year was only maybe 300. Uh, it's only the second, this year's the third, last year was the second year of doing it. So, uh, and it rained the whole time last oh, year. Oh, awesome. Yeah. yeah so that's to look forward to. Can't, can't be worse than last year. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got, feel like I have no idea what I'm doing, but, um, I'm slowly learning. I got the, uh, the runner app. Yes. Yep. Yep. So I got that paid for the premium and it's really just sort of give me a really good plan. Like yep. I could probably, I know you can just go out and run, but the thing is I'd probably try and keep the same pace the entire time. Yeah. Whereas this thing's told me like, no, fuck that. 
yeah break it down do this then go fast and then do this and yeah then, yeah it's made so it's, much um, easier running is one of those things where i think if people actually understood that if you go slower you get faster yeah a, a lot of people think oh, i've got to try and i'm going to try and run my first 5k so they go out and they try and jog really hard every single time it's almost like this we like to call it footy mentality where everything you do is just like got to be a, a maximal yeah. effort if you want to be a good runner, you do 90% of your stuff at a very, very easy, easy effort. And then you spend sort of 10% of the time flogging yourself. Yeah. Um, a lot of people go too hard and, or they, they train too hard. They go too hard in training and uh, you got to slow down and smell the roses. And the best thing about when you've got to run as far as I do and as often is you can then talk to people. Like, so you'll, yeah. you'll go out and you run with your mates for, for an hour and you chat the whole time and it goes really quick. And they're the ones dying when the, where you're just going oh, that's yeah. crazy uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm lucky most of my mates are as fast if not faster oh, than it. me so yeah there's there's days where I'm dying <laughs> and there's days where they're de- it depends what day of the week it is I, I guess but uh, yeah you should be able to have a conversation when you're just doing a job yeah. uh, and if that means you're you're jogging just faster than a walk that's just where you're at and that's how you that's where you start um, and then you naturally progress yeah that's been one of the hardest things is because i've always played like those high intensity sports like footy and that yeah i've always had the mentality of like go hard then you have your rest go hard then yep. you have your rest so trying to do this now running slow i'm going i feel like i'm not doing anything it sort of gets yeah like, it's real mentality of like this is boring yeah probably my first three runs where i was doing like seven to ten k's i was like oh like, this, this is, sucks it takes so forever yeah. but now i've been doing like some 10s 12s i think i've got a 13 or 14 to do this week yeah beautiful and it's actually i actually enjoy it yeah oh, you, can, you can switch off you can put a put a podcast on yeah like mates, mates, yep. yeah it's like if you've got a one hour podcast that's perfect for yeah. your, your long run on the weekend um or i i i just listen to music i'll just put shuffle on and i don't have i don't like running with the ear pods in so okay, i'll literally yeah. have the music on loudspeaker and sometimes i'll get to the end of the run and I, i'll i couldn't tell you a single song that i heard i'll just be <laughs> thinking the whole time and then other times i'll but be, it's more the background yeah noise. it's more yeah. just background noise um and yeah other times I, i'm a big fan of trail running uh i think yeah. like just doing something a little bit more challenging getting off the the, the paths um so i really enjoy going upside bold park helena valley on the weekend yeah. uh I used to like Kings Park, but I think I ran there too much, and now it's it's lost a bit of its yeah. excitement. But yeah, we're blessed in Perth that you're only ever twenty minutes away from some really good trails yeah. and some good hills. So yeah, I try and hit Bold Park in particular uh, near Perry Lakes. I know Bold Park. Yeah, yeah, two or three times a week. It's it's a really nice spot to run. Uh, there's a few hills you can keep it flat if you want. It's limestone, so it's really soft on your knees. Uh, and then you get to the top of the hill, and there's good views. So yeah, even it's generally pretty quiet too. I'll, uh, so you have, I'll to have to get you to write me a list before you leave today. Yeah, yeah can do. <laughs> Uh, but before we get into all that, I've got one question I'd like to start with yeah. before we go break down your life. Um, unrelated, but if you could go back to any moment in history and witness it with your own eyes, what would it be? Uh, I am a huge World War II nut. I love history. War um, is huge on the yeah, podcast. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. So my family's English. Um, my dad's side's English. My mum's New Zealand and... Yeah, I'm not sure. A few years ago, I just really got into like the the war documentaries, and uh, when I travel to to Europe, I always try and do something to go and look at a place yep. where like a battle was, or like like Nuremberg in Germany. Um, go there and like just see what happened. And I was in Berlin a couple of years ago, and I, I went to like every every war museum that I could. Um, so obviously, I wouldn't want to be part of it. Because then that's obviously you sort of want to be on the outside. Yeah, I just want to observe how things happened and how society was, and 
my my grandfather flew he was in the RAAF so like Spitfires and the Lancaster bombers all, all that sort of stuff just uh, appeals to me so yeah I don't know I'd like to go and observe just how society was and how the war was going but obviously not be on the front line because yeah. <laughs> I don't no think it end, ends well for anyone but yeah yeah probably probably the the late 30s early 40s that's about the third or fourth person that's come on here and said like go to see the war in their own eyes yeah yeah so, i don't know it's something it, about it. netflix are doing What's, something good with yeah, those documentaries. Must be the algorithms mixed up they've, su- they've sucked me in but yeah, yeah I, i'm sure there's plenty of other times in history that like like cool things are i'm a big formula one fan so maybe the the early 90s to go watch like Ed oh, yeah. center race or something uh but yeah, I don't know. I, I think nah, we live in a good. pretty good time right now as well. I don't think I'd want to be in any other part of history. Yeah, yeah medicine's well, pretty good, so we can live almost I forever. I did say <laughs> apparently they were um, trying to say they should bring back conscription. Yeah. Which is uh, like the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of like there's these, all the shit that's yeah, going around the North world. We don't want to go into all that stuff. Ukraine, but, it's, yeah. um, some guy that, that's higher up was saying like, oh, we should bring it back because our military needs. And I'm going, fuck If they can just put it, like push that a few more years, we'll yeah, be too old. Exactly. Be like, we'll be like, nah, my, my back's too sore yeah. or something. You can't, can't go to war. That'd Same time, one of those gold cars would be nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you look at how the, the treatment that uh, servicemen in the US get, they always get a like, get on planes first and stuff yeah. so i guess there's some benefits yeah, we but... might. i don't know if australians are that nice but <laughs> I, I don't so. think so <laughs> <laughs> all right let's uh let's take down your life a little bit so we spoke about it a bit just before but um you're a duathlete duathlete yeah Duathlon. so uh so it's like a that. spin-off of triathlon i guess uh so it's like a run bike run format whereas a triathlon is a swim bike run format and I guess the reason for that is I hate swimming. I'm not very good at it. Uh, so no one is. No, <laughs> it's just I I don't see the appeal of getting up on a two degree morning, going to an outside pool, looking at a black line for two and a half hours, and then getting out of the pool when it's still two degrees, and then going home and being like I had a good morning. I like I, I tried it. I, I swam properly for about oh, probably two years, and I think that the reason I never got good at it was because i just never enjoyed it i never never once did i wake up in the morning even during the middle of summer and was like i'm excited for this swim whereas i still wake up like i haven't swum since 2017 i don't think but i still wake up every morning and i'm like i'm excited to go for this bike ride this morning like, i can't wait to go for this run um and i've always told people that the second i stop enjoying what i'm doing i'll, I'll just stop uh and that's why i stopped swimming i, I just mm. didn't enjoy it and i figured out that if i was a really good athlete i'd make a better living being a really good duathlete than a appallingly shitty triathlete. So yeah, I finished second in Asian duathlon champs in 20, I think 2016 was the first year I did it. And I, I rang my coach up after the race and I was like, I'm never swimming again. Uh, and I think I've done one swim since then. And that was a, it was a bet that the boys made at run training once saying, I've, there's no way that you could swim 1500 meters in 30 minutes. And I was like, if everyone pays me a hundred bucks, I'll, I'll do it. And I swam in like 27 minutes or something. So which isn't good for for people who know swimming. That's that's really not good. But uh, that's the only time I've swum since. I just refuse to get back in the pool. Not your thing. Just not my thing. Um, I'm happy to like jump in the swimming pool and like throw a tennis ball around or something. Yeah. Or go to the beach and kick a footy around. More but, a leisure activity. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But uh, actually getting in a pool and training, I just I never enjoyed it. Not for a second. So kudos to swimmers out there who enjoy what they do. What's the appeal <laughs> to uh, running that you sort of enjoy? Um. Yeah, so I got into running by accident. Uh, I I grew up playing just golf. Got to move and, on your feet. 
Yeah, just yeah. I saw a meme the other day where it was like running got invented, but in the year seventeen eighty or something, and then it's like people running before seventeen eighty, and they're doing that like Olympic walk thing. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, no, so I, I grew up playing golf and cricket, um, and actually Bronson, you had on the the podcast oh, at some yep. point. He was my my cricket captain. I think it was under fifteens at district cricket Perth. Um, so there's a there's a link, but. Uh, yeah, I grew up playing golf and cricket and I was, I was very talented at golf and it got to the point where we could have moved to the U S if I wanted to go to like a golfing college, uh, and I pursue that, but the parents didn't want to sell the house. So they sort of, I guess they sort of pushed me towards cricket and then I like cricket as well. So it wasn't, they forced me to play cricket, but I was like, oh, I'll play cricket. Um, and I was, I was good enough at cricket to probably still be playing it if i if i wanted to yeah. um i just as a teenager i didn't have a lot of confidence in myself and i, I wish that i had the knowledge and confidence that i have in myself now when i was playing cricket oh, when i was young or just go back to yeah our, our past well that. going back to the first question you asked me maybe i'll go back to like 2008 as my current self yeah. and just <laughs> dominate under 15s cricket but um but yeah so i i was long story short i was at school um and i wasn't doing so good after being quite a smart kid and uh trinity college we i was playing cricket with the i think it was the vice principal's son and he sort of weaseled his way around some rules to get me a spot at trinity and i ended up at trinity for year 10 11 and 12 uh, and those that know the psa system the the public school sports system here in Perth, you have to play a winter and a summer sport. It's compulsory. Um, so I obviously picked cricket for the the summer sport because yep. uh, that's what I, I was really there for. Uh, and then the choice for winter sport came out. And, like, I'm, I'm very good at football and I was a big rugby uh, rugby fan when I was, I was younger. I used to go to the Western Force and whatnot. Uh, and I always used to, like, kick a footy around in the backyard. So I, I had really good skills. But, like, looking at me now, I'm a twig. Um, and I, I thought to myself, I was like, I'm never, I'm never going to be a good footy player because I just, I don't have the body size. And the same with rugby. Uh, another option was hockey, um, yep. which if you're playing indoor hockey is great because you can hit the ball with both sides of the sticks. But I'm left-handed, so oh. hockey at the time, I think they've changed it since. I'm not sure, but hockey at the time, you could only play with right-handed sticks. Um, so that was out for me because I, I can't hit a stick the wrong way around. And then badminton was the next choice, and I was like nope uh <laughs> all respected bado players um and the last option was cross country and i was like oh cross country will be a good way to get fit for get the, the cricket stuff, season yeah, yeah. And, and yeah I, I sort of accidentally got into running the first year year 10 i was i was like an okay runner um but i don't know i just really enjoyed it like the the team spirit like the the way it worked at school was like your top 15 runners get points and whoever has the least number of points at the end one and i was always sort of around like 15th or something so i always felt like i was contributing to the team mm, yeah and i don't know i finished i finished the uh, term three because that was when cross country finished and i just i went to my mates i was like do you just want to keep running over over cricket season uh, like we can go for a, a lap around the bridges on days we don't have cricket training and they were like, yeah. So the, the Bridges loop was a, a 6K loop. And every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, when we didn't have cricket training, we just ran 6K. Um, and the cross-country coach would see me do it. And he's like, Smithy, why, why are you running? You're like, you, you need to have a break. And I was like, no, I'm going to be so fit when I come back for, for next season. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna come back and I'm going to be like top three. 
because there was a couple of like really talented runners uh, like Jack Cleary who he's been to the Olympics for okay. for, for yeah. rowing um, but uh, he was a unit and like he was always just a little bit better than me because he was a year older um, but I was like yeah I want to beat Jack Cleary next year uh, and I came back and I never beat Cleary uh, maybe one or two races where he might, might have had a stomach issue but I never beat him on you merit while it. I was at school yeah I'll claim it but yeah, it, I don't know. It's something clicked over that summer where it was off season. I just wanted to run every single day and be as good as I, I could be. I, I guess to me, running is one of those sports where you can't hide. Where yeah. if you're in a team sport, you can you can have a bad game, exactly, but you can still win the yeah. premiership. If you sort of flake in running and you don't do the training or you, you slack off a bit with your diet, it's going to show. There, there's no yeah. hiding. On, on race day, if, you don't, if, if you're not first across the line, your training wasn't good enough essentially. Um, yeah. So I think that's what really appealed to me. It was like, I, I can work harder than everyone else and it will show. Whereas when I was playing cricket, there was a lot of, I knew that I was doing more sessions than everyone else, but I still I still didn't have as much talent as James or Bob on the, on the side who they, they were just making hundreds every week and I was doing four or five it net sessions. as if you weren't doing yeah, contributing well, it, much. Yeah. yeah. Whereas like I, I knew that deep down I was working my ass off and, and really working hard. So I think that's what first got me into it. And then, yeah, from there, just ran through school. I was cross-country captain in year 12 at school. Uh, we didn't win the cup. We came second, which was a bit annoying. Uh, but, yeah, that's sort of like how I accidentally got into it was just I just wanted to stay fit for cricket season and ended up... And now it's become your personality. Yeah, it's become my personality. I'd, I'd sell people's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I, it's always a weird story to be like, I accidentally got it because all my mates did a little athletics and yeah. they've done it since they were five. I only started when I was 17. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a late sea change, I guess, but it's paid off. Well, I was sort of the same. I just played sports growing up. Like running was just something you did for fitness. Yeah. It was just like, oh, I'm just going to just enjoy it. Yeah. It's going to relate back thought. to my footy. It's going to relate back to my cricket, whatever it is you're doing. But I completely get what you mean about the you can't hide. No, like if you're yeah. if you're running but like badly and you're feeling it, yeah, your results are going to show. Yeah, but if you're on that footy field, like can't tell you the amount of bad games I've had. Yeah, you can sit in the forward yeah. pocket and snag a couple, and yeah, you can still win. Still by get three points. votes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, nothing against footy players, by the way. No. <laughs> <laughs> still playing. <laughs> yeah. um, with your training load, that's what I sort of want to pick apart. So, yeah. what's it like? Like I'm very novice runner like we just spoke about before i'd like to say i'm starting to get towards the amateur side yep but my training is very mixed how's what's the training like because would you say you're professional uh yes yep. Yep. yeah yeah I, I get paid so i can legally say like i, I can declare my money to the tax man awesome. so i'm professional yeah it's, <laughs> does that feel pretty cool to say it, it is it is a cool thing to say and i, I will take that to the grave but I, <laughs> I can say that i've i've had i've been paid by sponsors i've earned enough prize money to earn a living um i've got enough contacts now that i can live in europe wherever i want uh i, I can take it to the grave on my tombstone it will just say matt smith hooker guy professional athlete <laughs> and that'll be it <laughs> Nothing else needed, really. yeah. <laughs> but um what, what would you say sort of is like your standard training that you do obviously there's a fair amount but what's sort of like the balance of trying to make sure you're getting enough running recovery uh, your intake of food as well, because yep. I'm assuming that's a huge part to it, your nutrition. Yep. So how, and then just being able to just enjoy life as well. Yeah, it's um, I'm not gonna lie. When when I'm training for a big race, the the balance side of things becomes hard. because uh, I, I have a lot of other hobbies outside of of the running and the duathlon side of things, which we can touch on later. But 
essentially it's it's twice a day every day except Sundays and that's only because Sundays is like the big long run where we can run anywhere from an hour 45 to two hours 30 up in the up in the hills so it's like Monday's an easy day for me I'll do a like a two hour or 90 minutes to two hour bike ride in the morning then a, a one hour jog and some plyometrics running in the evening uh Tuesday morning is a hard ride for me so it's like a there's a hard ride called Narrows, which essentially start from Narrows in the city. You go the river loop around Frio, and then you finish uh, up in Shelley. So it's about yep. it's about 65 to 70 k's, but it's like a proper smash fest. Um, you have guys from the Tour de France rock up and just blow the group to pieces. Uh, and then to back that up, I then have uh, an interval running session in the afternoon, uh, which is normally it's about 18 k's running of total with about 10 really hard k's. Um, and that, that's the big session, the big running session of the week where you, you go balls to the wall. Uh, then Wednesday, I, I double run uh, and gym. So I got a, I have my own run club uh, on the Wednesday morning, gym straight after that. And then I'll do another one hour run in the afternoon. Uh, Thursday is another more of a threshold ride. It's hard, but not flat out. You sort of just at that okay. uncomfortably maintainable level. And then another one hour run in the afternoon. Uh, Friday an easy coffee ride in the morning, threshold run in the afternoon, which again is about 8 to 10Ks of that sort of uncomfortable but maintainable like effort. Te- tempo? Is that what you... Yeah, a little bit harder than a tempo. Yeah. Um, when I'm coaching guys, I like to say tempo 6 out of 10 of thresholds, 7 out of 10, and oh, then right. intervals 8, 9 out of 10, and then your 10 out of 10 is your race day effort. Yeah. And then, yeah, Saturday, three-hour hilly ride, where I, like right up to Kalamunda or something, one hour easy run in the afternoon and then yes yeah, sunday long run where we go up to helena valley and just smash some trails for a couple of hours and pig out at iga afterwards so it, it's it's a busy week um and then I, i've just done my first marathon a couple of months ago and then pretty much take whatever i just said and then add in another 40 50 k's of running a week um yeah. and, and weirdly when that happened i felt really good uh I, I had so much more energy i was doing more training but i woke up every morning i felt like i had more energy yeah um so I, I don't know what the science behind that is because uh, I thought I was going to be in the oven real bad. Um, well, you would think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was like mentally just so ready to wake up one morning and just almost not be able to get out of bed. But every single day of that, it was it was a, about an eight-week training block of where I was running about 150 to 170K a week um, on top of the cycling. And I just felt good every single day. Every single hard session on a Tuesday I rocked up and obviously your legs are sore, and fatigued and feel like you got bricks in your feet but then i'd just have a really good session like once the, the hard stuff started and you knuckled down i would i'd hit all the the splits and i'd never get halfway through a session and be like i'm not going to be able to finish the session i'd always be like yeah i'm, I'm halfway we're, we're absolutely killing it and then just just kept going for eight weeks um it was really weird but yeah it's it's obviously you've got to fuel yourself correct and I'm not going to sit here and pretend that my diet's good. I, I literally had hungry jacks on the way here. Um, <laughs> I, it's carbs. Yeah, it's carbs. I like to say calories in, calories out. Like we're burning burning probably four to 5,000 calories a day. Um, and then I'm not too fussy on on how I get the carbs back in. Uh, obviously, you've got to have, have balance and you can't have hungry jacks three times every yeah. day. But like there's, there's some days after the gym, uh, like we got taught at university, you've got to get some like protein in, some carbs in as soon as you can afterwards. Um, and, and me and my, my gym partner, Matty Ramston, uh, we'll just go straight to Macca's and have a, a bacon, egg, and a muffin and a coffee and 
just just talk some shit uh but it, it it's it's getting the carbs back in and touch wood i've had a very low sort of injury rate i had a couple of soft tissue things last year which were my own fault i decided to do a 100 meter sprint didn't end well um but i still haven't had like a bone injury um so like stress fractures are very common in, in long distance runners and touch wood I, I had a little bit of a hot spot on my my foot back in 2015 uh before i was running in hokers uh or it might have been the first year i was running in so hokers the hokers are the, are the gods yeah they're the godsend <laughs> um yeah and i haven't had anything since whereas almost everyone around me at some point has had a had a bone injury uh which which was obviously bad but yeah i, I always think as long as you're getting enough in and you're never really hungry you should be okay but again the the trade on and this is a general advice to everyone because not everyone's running 160k a week <laughs> um but if you do want to run 160k a week then you can eat whatever you want um, yeah <laughs> but yeah i i didn't do nutrition at uni and i am looking to start with a nutritionist to to find an extra one or two percent um because I, I need it i think like you get to this, this yeah. world-class level and one percent is 10 seconds and if i was 10 seconds faster at world champs last year i would have been 10th instead of 14th so yeah it's it's now the point where something like that i am looking into to, to start up with a nutritionist and, and just find a, an extra one or two percent here or there but yeah it, it's a it's a busy life um oh, because yeah you, you you feel pretty cooked during the middle of the day and then i now have a have a job where i work from home so it, it's good because i can have a quick nap easier. yeah yeah have a quick yeah. nap every day um <laughs> So well, it's yeah. part of the reason why you live longer too, apparently. Yeah. Little I, siestas throughout the day. Yeah. The Spanish seem to be on top yeah. of it. So yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever they're doing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty strict with like bedtimes and stuff. Like 8.30 is bedtime, which is not very appealing to most people because they're like, oh, 8.30, I'm not even going out to the club at 8.30, but I, I'm getting up at 4.30 to 5.30 every single morning without without break for seven or eight weeks at yeah. a time. Uh, so yeah, it, it's important to to get to bed on time for me so I'll, I'll be halfway through a episode of something on netflix and i'll, I'll see the clock and it's 8 30 i'll literally just turn the tv off and brush my teeth and just go straight to bed isn't uh, that strange how when we were like much younger well me anyway we wouldn't go to bed like 10 o'clock was early yeah to go to bed yeah well you wouldn't even and think then, about going out to a club sometimes oh, mate, yeah. till 11 11 30 o'clock and, and now, now it's like i'm asleep for five hours at that point <laughs> <laughs> like me like if i go out to meet up with my friends i'm like oh what's the night looking like because i'd like to be home yeah. before 12 yeah. so i can know i'm up at least before eight <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's funny because obviously i'm i'm getting a bit older now I'm turning 28 this year, but oh. the things that I've seen in Kings Park, running through Kings Park at like six in the morning on a on a Sunday morning, <laughs> are probably for a different podcast. But yeah, you'll you'll be running down like one of the trails, and you'll just see a couple of people, and you're just like top of the morning to you, and they they start freaking out, and you're like, guys, it's six a.m. Like you shouldn't be out in Kings Seize Park. The still. Day. Come yeah, on. <laughs> yeah. Like go get it, go take it a coffee first or something like it's it's i don't know again and that gives me a feeling of like superiority like all these people have just been out clubbing all night and i'm out here on the grind again it is yeah Yeah, it's 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 an arrogant sort of it's, alpha male thing to say but it's like it is a bit but at the same yeah. time like you're making it's it sounds bad to say but you're making like better choices yeah because you're not going out you're not depleting you're not ruining yourself with alcohol for yeah. the entire night you're missing out on sleep you're probably gonna if you did that those people they're probably gonna spend their entire sunday in bed ordering yeah. Uber Eats the entire yeah. time, watching whatever TV yeah. show. And, then, and if that's what they want to do, yeah. that's cool. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a person to tell people how to live their lives, but 
if I have an opportunity to feel superior over someone else, I'm taking it. So yeah, I'm out doing my 23K long run in the morning. You guys are still drunk, banging yeah. in the bushes. <laughs> like, that's what you want to do. That's what you want. And they probably say the same thing about me. They're like, oh, yeah, there's this crazy guy doing a doing a run with his shirt off at six in the morning. And I'm, but like, to me, that's that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dream. The, um, the thing I wanted to ask on is, so you're running, you mentioned before like you're running blocks. So like you mentioned how you did like an eight-weight block. Yep. So competition-wise... How soon, depending on the competition you're doing, how soon would you actually start your first block? Yeah, it's um. So I do athletics as well. So I, it, my off season is very short. I get about two weeks a year where I can sleep in a bit and and not do any. When I say not do any training, I, I completely stop for two weeks. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, Gym or anything like that. No, nah, I literally just switch off, go play golf, sleep in every morning, eat more maccas, uh, yep. try and put a few kgs on, have a few more beers than normal. So for me. Being a dual athlete, our season is through the European summer, which is our winter. So normally, yes, I'll, I'll yeah. leave here April. Uh, then I'll probably normally come back uh, if if racing goes all the way through. I'll normally come back like September. Um, last year was a bit different. I went over for for two months, then I came back here for a month and a bit, and then I went back over because there was just no no racing through that sort of July period. Um, okay, and yeah. it was, I just couldn't be bothered staying in Europe. So I, I really like Perth, best place in the world to live, in my opinion. Um, so if I can come home, I'm taking that opportunity. Uh, so yeah, it, it's hard for me because I do a lot of the, like maintenance sort of phase work. Like now, I, I did this marathon in December in Mexico. Took my two weeks off. Uh, I've got a race, not tomorrow, Saturday in Bustleton, the Bustleton Bay Run. So I've sort of come back from that time off and we've really crammed in a good six, seven weeks of like really high intensity stuff. Then once I finish this race, we're sort of going to go into that sort of maintenance phase where I've now got it back up to like peak fitness, but there's no point trying to push now because by the time I get to the, the time I actually have to race, I'm going to be cooked. So we'll probably do like a, a month to six weeks of just like longer rep work at a slightly less intensity so i'm still getting fitter i'm just not belting the body to pieces um and then yeah probably four weeks before i go back to europe we'll start ramping stuff up because my big races happen later in the year but you still need to be fit for the first races so we'll start ramping it up again get to the sort of next level of fitness maintain through those first few races and then be ready for world champs in in september but yeah, I, I like to think if I can get a really good eight-week block in before like the big race of the year, that I'll I'll be 100% ready on the start line. Yeah, in those um those races you mentioned, are they competition-based races or are they just just generalised that you just jump in them just to get the kilometres up? Um, most of, so I, I race for a Grand Prix team in France, uh, Pontivy Triathlon. So they're they're proper competitions. They're right, big okay. big stakes i guess for the teams um they work off a relegation thing so last year we were quite close to getting relegated um and then the higher you finish up the more money the the team and you get uh so it's all pretty serious uh and then obviously world champs you're representing your country so that's that's the big one to me for each year uh and then occasionally i'll do like a, a half marathon here or there where it might not be a good field but i might win a bit of money it's like one of those things yeah. that's like, I'll, I'll just cruise it, make sure I get the victory, but it's not really going to benefit me aerobically or fitness-wise yeah. anyway. So More for the fun. Of yeah, it. more for the fun. Like, I, I do enjoy, like, being part of the running community. Uh, like, uh, park run's a big thing here, and I think that's something that you should yeah. look into, into doing is, is doing a park run once in a while. Because uh, the community around park run, it's like a community-based 5K. 
um, that everyone's just there to do their own thing. It's not a race. It's not like, I mean, some people might rock up like me. Sometimes I go to a park run. I'm like, I'm going to set the course record today. But other times I'll just jog with people and I'll, I'll just find a random person and be like, Hey, you're going for a PB today. And I'll just help them run a PB. Um, and now that I've got my guys, the guys that I coach doing that as well, I, I can help them run PBs as well. Like a couple of weeks ago, we went to the Canning River one and I had four or five guys trying to go sub 18 and I, I just helped them, them do it. And what ended up happening is we had two or three other guys then hanging on the back of that group and they come and say thanks and it makes me feel good and they feel good because they ran their PB and, and everyone's just really happy to sort of be there. Um, and it, it's been like that since day one with Parkrun. Parkrun's been yeah. in Perth since 2013 and I think I did the first or second one in Claysbrook Cove. I think it was like 15, 20 guys and everyone was just there to sort of just help each other out and have a have a enjoyable fast run um and now there's probably 30 across perth and i think bibber lake had 500 people at theirs the other oh. day um and you can literally just go up to anyone and ask them how their run was and they'll they'll tell you and they'll you can tell them about your run and you've made a running friend so yeah. i always i always encourage people to go and try a park run at some point because it's just a, a great great place to get into running yeah 100% I, I've only ever done one which was in Darwin um, it was about that is a hot one I've, that was a I've hot, done the Darwin one yeah that was uh, <laughs> during the dry season though so it's a little bit cool. I say a little bit cooler it's yeah. still about 20 plus degrees at 5am in the morning yeah um was, wasn't too bad. That was just the 5K, but there would have been about 100, 200 people there. Yep. Yeah. So yep. Was, and everyone goes and gets coffee together afterwards, yeah. and it's just a really good community to be be a part of. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. Like, you can see some guys in there that really take it seriously. Yeah, like, it's probably yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was a cool, cool community because you sort of, you can see people sort of use you as a bit of a guide, or you yep. can use someone else as a guide and go, all right, I'm running it with them at the moment, and they're doing this pace. I could probably end up either matching that or try and yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. And like people ask each other questions. Like it's a really good place for knowledge. Like I'll, I'll have people who are 25-minute runners, they'll they'll come and ask me, even if it's like about shoes or like diet, sort of like this chat. And like most of the, the elite guys in Perth, again, we're very lucky. We're all friendly enough that you can have that conversation yeah. with and we're happy to, to give people our time and help them be better at running. Because yeah, at the end of the day, the, there is nothing on this earth that feels better than like that feeling when you run a PB. Yeah. Honestly, like, especially when you start getting to the point where it gets really hard to run a PB, when you actually hit it, you're on cloud nine for like two weeks. Um, And and it doesn't matter if you're an Olympic level athlete or you literally just run park runs. When you hit a PB, it is the best feeling. Um, The sense of achievement and I don't know, it's just this sense of achievement. You you feel like you've put in all this work and it's paid off. Unless you actually do it and you put in that work, no one you don't no one's gonna know what it feels like. Exactly. Only, only you feel that. So, yeah. And now that I'm I'm coaching other people, I I now get secondhand that feeling when everyone runs a PB at a park run or their race. I get that sort of secondhand like that's it. Yeah, sick so feeling. Yeah, because you're watching. You've seen where they've started. Euphoria is the word I'm looking yeah, for. Euphoria, yeah, euphoria. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's such a it's such a wicked feeling. Awesome. Yeah. The um thing I want to talk about is like with your competitions and that you've obviously done a fair amount. What's would be like your biggest? You represented Australia, as you said. Yep. Have you have you ever had the chance to go to like Olympics, Commonwealth Games, I've, anything? I've like done that? World Games, which um, for those who don't know, it's like the baby Olympics. It's it's all the sports that are either trying to get into the Olympics or have just been sort of cut. Um, so like duathlon, I don't think will ever be in the Olympics. Would be wicked if it was, but it just means that it falls into that World Games sort of category. How is it not in there? 
ah, oh, triathlons in there and there's now like a triathlon relay and a mixed team relay and then a super sprint. So there's like three medals that you can win by doing triathlon, which probably means that's, that's enough. Um, so I, I don't think duathlon will get in. It's sort of like how cross country running isn't part of the athletics okay, uh, thing. Yeah. Uh, there's talk that they want to cut the 10,000 meter and make it a 10 K cross country. Um, but I don't think that's worth it unless you put it in the winter Olympics. Cause if you do it, a cross country race you want mud you want like you hay bales you want, yeah factors which would be it. much better in a winter environment um i don't think that would happen like at tokyo i mean they still did the marathon but tokyo three years ago four years ago was like a 40 degree day and in japan it would have been maybe not such the best event to watch yeah um so yeah the i went to the world games uh, in 2022 and then the goal is to go one more time in 2025, which is now next year. Um, and to me personally, I think that's where I'll stop the duathlon. I, I, like I said earlier in the, the chat, I'm sort of in this transition phase where I've done a marathon and I've caught the bug. I now I like really want to do some more marathons and see how fast I can go because I think I think that I could get to like top ten in the country for for, for marathon running. What's your um, current fastest? I ran two twenty three in in Monterrey, in Mexico, which two twenty three. Yeah, so that that'll blow your mind, but to me that was like a, a bad run. Like it was a really tough course. It was two hundred fifty meters of elevation. It was windy as balls. Isn't the world record two? Two flat. Yeah. Um. So yeah, two two. You're twenty three minutes off though, and you're not happy. No. No. <laughs> oh um, I I think uh deep down I think I'm a two sixteen guy. Yeah. I think I could have run two sixteen on the day. There, there was a few things that in in the week leading up to the race that like I got, I got sick and yada yada yada. But at the end of the day, I ran two twenty three, and that's my time. If you go on the internet, you'll see two twenty three. No one's going to care how hilly the course is or if it was raining. Yeah. So I, I think that the goal is maybe not this year, but next year I'll I'll find a flat race in maybe Japan, and I will run two sixteen. I know I can do it. Um, and at that point, I'll only be like three or four minutes off the Australian Olympic team. Um, there's the, the, the crazy thing is like the Australian running scene at the moment is just, it's crazy. The, for the first time ever, we filled up every event. Um, so you get three slots per event at the Olympics. Yep. I think uh, the last Olympics was the first time we had three people in every single event. Um, wow. But the issue, not not issue, it's great. But the issue for me is there was in four or five other people that could have filled the spot if someone got injured. Yeah. Um, in the 1500, I think there's probably 15 guys that could go to the Olympics this year. That, that have all run the qualifier and they're all in the mix. Um, so it's all going to come down to like one race at national champs to see who gets selected at the end of the day. Um, but if one of those guys get injured two, week, two weeks out from the Olympics, there's three or four guys that could come in and fill their spot. And that goes, yeah, from, from at the moment, it looks like the 100 metres all the way to the marathon. Um, there's five or six guys that have run the qualifying time for the marathon, which I think is two hours 11. Um, don't quote me on that. Uh, but then, yeah, same with the other events. If one of them get, gets injured, there's four or five other guys that have a high enough world ranking that could then fill the spot. So I think I'll get close. Um, I don't think it will happen, but you never know. I, I could just really take off and I'm, I'm still coming up to, to the peak marathon age, which is like 30 to, to 33. That I'm makes still, me feel better. Yeah, better. yeah, you're, you're, you're in peak condition right now. I feel um, like I should have definitely been doing training before 30. Probably, <laughs> yeah. It's probably a bit late to take it up, so maybe no Olympics for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think it's doable. Um, 
if I didn't think it was doable, maybe I wouldn't take it as seriously. But yeah, I think I think the plan is at the moment is get to World Games for duathlon in 25 and then I'll retire from that and then have a have a good two or th- three-year crack at the, the marathon side of things and then that might be it. At that point, I'll be 33, 32 and I, I might want to do something else. But What's the uh, average age for people in like the running arena trying to pl- get to that professional Olympics level? It changes. I mean, Kipchoge, the, the guy that ran the sub-two-hour marathon... Uh, in Vienna a couple of years ago he's I think he's 40 this year and he's going to the Olympics and he's probably the favorite uh, to win still so and that's the great thing about sports science is like the opportunity is there if you if you do your research and you look after your body you can now have a a 20-year career in in long distance running whereas even 20 years ago you you sort of got to 32 30 33 and you're finished um It's still, it's not like that for the sprinting side of things. Obviously, you get to like late yeah. 20s and you're finished and 800 meters, 1500 meters, you sort of, there's guys that are older, but generally you're, you're 25 to late 20s. And then from there on, you Youth, start moving yeah. into the, the longer stuff. So I already feel like, like I, I always joke in my squad that I'm old because we've got all these young whippersnippers now coming up. Um, like I got beaten in a 5K a couple of weeks ago, fair and square by uh kai I, I can't say his last name i just call him he her i think his name's kai here um don't kill me kai um <laughs> so yeah kai he her he her her um he beat me fair and square in a 5k and he's like he's just finished school and it's the first time it's happened to me and yes i'm a little bit unfit and yes my my pb is much quicker than what i ran on the day but it's just never never thought it process like process through my head like there's going to be young eventually you're going to be the old guy that the young guys are like oh yeah, yeah who's this guy and it's like I still have three or four years where I can run really fast over the 5K, but it's like, oh shit, I've actually got to look out for these young boys now. Like they're, they're coming um, and they're going to be very good. Uh, so yeah, you just always got to be on your toes with that sort of th- That's a thing. That's weird thing to think that like you're now the age where guys are looking up to you when you- Yeah, were, when, when I was their age, and, and that was the weird thing. Through my generation, we didn't really have anyone to look up to. Yeah. There, was, there was a guy called Mark C who is a super nice guy. He ran a sub four minute mile in Perth. And that was it. There was there was no one else sort of our ability in that sort of late twenties, early thirties age mm. that we could like latch onto. So me me and my mate Ramston, um, like I, I now he's my coach now and I run with his squad. But there was a lot of times where it was just me and him running up the hill in Kings Park, and then that's sort of how we we formed the squad because there was no one else who really we could train with um he, he lived down bal divis and i lived up in the vines so literally two ends of the the planet essentially um so yeah we we did a lot of work together and he's he's light years better than me he he will go to the olympics for the 5k this year you heard it here first um locked in yeah locked in but like the the community that i think matt's been able to grow uh, and then me him another guy called kurt another guy called david checky um i i i feel like we are now trying to pass on our knowledge to the younger boys in the squad um because obviously matt has matt ramsden there's too many mats going on there is, um, there's a lot. yeah <laughs> um matt ramsden he, he's been to world champs for athletics he's been to world cross country he's been to world indoors he's been to com games he's a finalist at com games so he's got just incredible amounts of knowledge and then the people he trains with as well like with um melbourne track club 
they're all Olympians. There's like 15 of them. So he's he's sucking up all this information like a sponge and he's passing it on to me, which makes me a better runner. And then I've got all this different experience being a, a dual athlete and I've been to world champs and I've been to world games and I've done my own things and I've figured out what works for me and what doesn't work for, for, for me and whatnot. I also get to pass this information on to, onto the boys if, if they, if they need some help with something. Yeah. So, um, and like, that's, I guess that's why I really enjoy the coaching side of things too now, um, is cause I've got all this information. I've learned all this stuff through uni and trial and error and my own experiences, uh, and yeah, I just get to pass it on and figure out what the best way to tell people about. Oh, I'm big into the psychology things as well. Oh, yeah. Like everyone's different. Some people need to kick up the ass to get into training. Some people sort of need to be nurtured through their training. Um, so yeah, it's it's this big world of, of knowledge and whatnot. And it's great for me as an athlete that I have people who have done more than me. And it's great for me as a as a coach and athlete that I can then start practicing Share delivering it to other people. Else, yeah. yeah. The, um, the coaching side that you've mentioned, you've been doing that. Uh, how long have you been doing that now? Only about two years. Two years? Yeah. Is that your main job? It is, yeah, outside of, of actually running itself. <laughs> it, it is, it <laughs> is what I do, athlete. yeah, my, my nine to five job. Um, so, yeah, I, I started – actually, I didn't start. My mate or my mate slash boss, uh, Mackenzie Burgoyne, started Double um, together in 2021 uh he he's a he was a personal trainer at like an anytime fitness and i was working at the running shop literally across the road and he kept coming in buying shoes and i was sort of looking at getting into coaching anyway um because i think that's that's end game for me like when i do have to give up this this running stuff because i'm i'm actually old um you're not 30 yet yeah no when when i get to like 35 and i'm actually old um i would love to yeah then have my own little sort of like sub elite squad be able to go on trips, have guys that are racing in Europe and, and the US um, and, and then have like a facility that we can train out of. Uh, and that's what yeah, Mac has yeah, offered me is he he had a facility um, actually with Murray McIntyre, the guy that originally got me into Hoka. So it's been a full circle. Um, and I, I was like, yeah, I'll come on as a running coach and then my guys can use the gym. And yeah, started off really slow. I think for the first six months, I had maybe three runners. Um, which was a blessing because I could then learn how to use the app that we use and I could trial and error things on these guys and figure out what was the best way to deliver the program, deliver the information. And then, yeah, it was sort of slowly built through 2022, but I, I was in Europe for most of that year because I left when the borders were closed. Uh, and then, yeah, I came back. Uh, actually, it was probably early, early last year. It just absolutely took off. Um, and we went from having like, 10 15 runners at a time to uh up to 60 uh and yeah, it, it got yeah. to the point where we had to have a wait list because I, I just couldn't take any more and then we've started like a, a subscription program which is like the runner app that you use um so you, you just sign up and it delivers your training and you tick off the training oh, so you guys you, do that as well yeah we've just started it like a month ago um and straight away we had 40 people on it and then we we lost a few because like it's summer and people go on holidays for Christmas. But yeah, we're working our way back up to like 60 one-on-one runners. Uh, and then, yeah, the goal is to get to maybe 200, 250 subscription members by the end of this year. Uh, and then, yeah, like hopefully at that point, we'll then have to bring in a second running coach who can look after maybe some of the more beginner runners. Um, yeah. And I can focus more on the, the elite side of things, like guys who, who want to run like, 75 minute half marathons that sort of stuff um 
but yeah, it, it's going it's going fantastically well, and I, I think we've we've built up a really a really good little community. Like the the people that have joined the the run club are just all good people. Um, yeah, we haven't had any issues, or not that I know of yet, of of people arguing with each other over. I don't know what drama people have with each other. I try and stay out of it. But there's been no reports of like, oh, this person doesn't like this person. It's all really, really a tight-knit little community. I feel in the running um, industry, you you won't have as much drama for the fact that everyone's just trying to better themselves. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like in other sports, like because everyone plays different positions. Yeah. Or like, you will have why is Johnny clips. getting picked over me to yeah. play full forward or something? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But yeah, you, you're right. Um, everyone there is to to achieve their own goals, and the only way that they can do that is by working hard. And it's it's easier to work hard when everyone around you is working hard. Yeah. Um, and you can have those healthy rivalries. Like someone there might be better than them, but they go, "Well, what are, oh, they, what are they doing? That's what I, I can match." I've got three guys. I call them the three musketeers: um, Scotty, Riley, and Coopsy. Uh, they're all school friends, uh, and they all joined. Oh, they didn't all join at the same time, but there was the Bustleton. Uh, half marathon last year the one that's coming up yep. two days time and i was coaching scotty and riley and no i was coaching coops and scotty and riley beat them both um so this whole next 12 month period has been about those two boys trying to catch riley but then riley was like now nah, these boys are getting too good i'm going to join the run club and now they're all going to run like a 10 minute pb in two days but it's all because they've just been smashing each other into the ground at training for, and like just talking shit on Instagram. <laughs> like they're best mates, but it's like the, the friendly, uh, friendly rivalry that they have and like how they push each other is like, it's one of the, the best things I've, I've seen in any sport with that sort of setup. Um, so I'm really hoping that they run run well on the weekend. They get the, they're all going to PB. There's no way they can't, but the, the best thing Set for me is like, who, high there, yeah, coach. Who, who's going to win? Like, I keep I keep messaging them, messaging them individually, being like, "Oh yeah, Riley just had a good session," like, and then <laughs> so you're egging them on. I'm egging them on. I'm like stirring the pot a little bit in the background. Um, but yeah, I generally I couldn't tell you who who's going to run the fastest. We did a 5k time trial like two weeks ago, and they're all within 10 seconds. Um, right. Wow. So it's going to be like that it's close. Be heat. Yeah, and yeah. like the whole squad's like bought into it. They're all like, "Who's going to get it? Who's going to get you it?" Take the money on it. We should. We we really should. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Even now, I'm thinking like through scenarios, and I'm like, Riley won last year, so technically he should be favourite. But then Coops and Scotty were just so close to him in that 5k, and a half marathon's a whole different ball yeah. game. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I might end up running next to them with my phone live streaming the whole thing. <laughs> it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be good to watch. But yeah, it, the story we, or the moral of the story you can take out of that is like if you're working with people who also have the same goal and the same sort of ideas as you, it's like you can you can go so much further. Yeah, 100% for sure. And the um, thing I sort of want to know then is like, because you're, obviously this is a huge part of you yourself, your personality. Do you have anything you do in your downtime outside of that? Yeah, I have lots of hobbies. Um, and I think this is important for athletes is like a, a lot of the time it takes up your whole life and you get sucked sucked so deep into it that when you stop, like you hear it all the time, athletes get depression, they yeah. they, they get down in the dumps. Um, Especially those that get injured and end up missing competition. Yeah, yeah, like if you miss an Olympics because you, you hurt yourself or something. But yeah, I, I like as, as I said, I, I grew up playing golf. Um, when I was at university with, uh, with yourself, me... 
uh, AJ and Tommy Walden. We had a golf club. Okay. Yep. yep. We played golf every single Sunday. I think it was only exam time where we're like, oh shit, we should do some study. But we were like, okay, let's, let's stop playing golf. But yeah, I think we played almost every golf course in Perth. Um, yeah, we, right. we just, every single Sunday we went somewhere different and it was, it was great. And if I get a couple of weeks off, if like, if I have a little injury and I can still hit a golf ball, I'm playing golf. Um, I'm really big into my cars. So like, I'm, I'm probably one of the few athletes that I actually have no interest in watching triathlon duathlon or athletics if, if it's on the tv i don't unless yeah, yeah. unless one of my best mates like ramson is racing i won't watch it i could not care what is going on in the world of of my own sport because I, I i'm more into like the formula one i'm more into like like footy um i, I bought a project car during covid because i was like what else can we do um i got really into like fixing stuff so I, like, we ripped the engine out of this this car built it again and of course, now that's fixed. I want another one. Um, <laughs> so it, I've I've always got projects or something else going on in the background that I'm thinking about instead of the running, which I think is is a really healthy thing to. Have. I think you have to have hobbies yeah. outside whatever your career. Even if you love your career, like I do, you've got to have something else that you love too. Because one day I'm not going to be able to run anymore. I'm not going to be able to go to these world championships. And then what next? And they're like, what am I going to do next? Yeah. And like like people ask me about it and they'll be like oh what are you going to do when you're running i'm like well i've got this coaching thing which i love doing um it's my passion and but then i can go race cars if i want like uh, i can buy a shitty car and i can just go up to barbagello and i can do that on the weekends um i can get into yeah back into golf my dad's a golf teacher and i'd love to learn how to teach golf um go professional in golf yeah i should have i would have it could have been like minwoo lee like a multi-millionaire now um Instead, you're a hoker. Yeah, so I'm a hoker. <laughs> yeah, broke boy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I've always had other interests outside of, of running. And I think when the day comes where I, I can't run at the elite level or I, I don't want to run at the elite level anymore, uh, I, I don't think transitioning into one of those other things that I enjoy doing is going to affect me mentally any way whatsoever. Whereas, like, yeah, you hear it all the time. I always think of like, uh, I think it was Ian Thorpe, um, the swimmer. Uh, like he he all had all these problems after he finished swimming, like got depressed. Grant Hackett was another one. Um, Huge in the AFL world. Yeah, I was, I was going to bring up some footy players. Like they they get a bit depressed. You always see they put on heaps of weight. Mm. Um, they don't know what to do with themselves all the time. So well, they somehow always stay in the industry too because they become like commentators. Yeah, not all of them do that. Yeah, so yeah, some like... of them. I mean, everyone's different. You know, they've got their own interests as well, but. You hear it. You hear about it all the time, and we we obviously studied that when we were at uni. You, yeah. you had examples, so it's something that I'm I'm pretty aware of that when this does finish, because it will finish at some point, that I'm still going to be doing something that I love and keeps me keeps me challenged, I guess, to to get up in the morning yeah. and help people be the best they can be and help myself still be the best I can be at something, and then having fun as well. Life is way too short to to be doing something you you don't enjoy. Uh, and like I look at my brothers, they're both accountants and like they obviously love numbers, I assume. Uh, but they have a nine to five job in the city and like they work hard and they're, they're on better money than I am. But like if I want to go play golf after this interview, I can't. And it, it, I'm not going to become broke like I can afford to. Um, it comes down to like what's more important yeah. in life. And like to me, doing things that I enjoy, I could drop dead tomorrow and I could be like, I've achieved everything I want to in life already yeah. and I'm still having fun doing it. Whereas uh, I'm not going to single out my brothers for dropping dead tomorrow because that's not what we want. But like a lot of people could drop 
dead tomorrow and they'd get to the pearly gates up in heaven they'd be like man i wish you had i, I wish i'd done that trip to europe or i wish that i'd actually like i don't know fix that car or whatever other no, people no do. one's looking at them going like oh, good on them buying that house yeah yeah um car. and like we we only get one body and like i'm getting to the age where i have to look after my more to to get the most out of it and like i understand that it just goes downhill from here but it's like when i do get to my deathbed i'm going to be like man i got every like second of life out of this body yeah and i like lived it the, the best i could and that's that's something that always i don't know if that's like a mental condition always ticking in the back of my head that's it's like how too. <laughs> yeah how can i make today like the most enjoyable best day that i can have because like yeah you might not wake up tomorrow and yeah for some reason it's always just ticking in the back of my head and it, it, it helps me just enjoy life so much more and always do things that i'm enjoying yeah, 100%. I, I was a bit stuck, like what we were talking about just before, in relation to having to have things outside of um, yep. our chosen sports. Like me, cricket was huge for me yep. growing up. It was my like my entire personality. I had all the posters. I had that. Yep. And I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm playing for WA. I'm playing yeah. for Australia. I, I used to sit on the toilet and have visions of me wearing the baggy green. Yeah. I was doing like a Matt, poo. Same, same thing. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going to play for Australia, but it never happened. It didn't happen. So like, as we got older... And like I've obviously had a couple of injuries and then I started going like, oh, well, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah. Because in my head, all I had was this, I just had the vision of me yeah. being there. And it just goes forever. But like, I had nothing actually pushing me to do it. Yeah. And so I probably got into, it would have been like around 25, 26, where I was like, I'm actually not going to do it. Yeah. You, like, you, you start realizing that like, I mean, we're, we're at the age, I was having this conversation with my friends the other day. We're at the age now where like people in the Australian cricket team are seven years younger than us. Yeah. And like, like again, going back to Formula One because I'm an F1 fan, all the good drivers are like five years younger than us. We're like, we've, we've missed the boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, and again, with the running, there's, there's junior guys that are now like knocking on my door. And it's like, wow, we're, we're at the age like that we always looked at our parents. Like the parents yeah. are like looking down on the young guys playing cricket where we've always been like, oh, Brett Lee, like they're older than us. We can still achieve things. But now we're at the age where everyone's achieving things. They're um, like into the wards of twilight of their yeah, career now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an important thing to have yeah. is to, yeah, and something it's, else. It's definitely a battle. It's probably something that like, um, obviously being a coach, dealing with younger youths and you're going to be really pushing them to their mindset, like making sure you have something else. Yeah. It's probably something I wished I got pushed more with. Yeah. like, it's great to have your dream and your vision. Yeah. But just make sure you got something else. And like, I did uni and that just for the fact of like, oh, I enjoy sports. Yeah, yeah. May as well just find out my degree about yeah. it. Yeah. I, I was sort of the same, to be honest. I um, I was very 50-50 between going into media because I had a YouTube yep. channel which had some horrifically bad videos that got like a... Yes. Um, I'm going to have a look after yeah, that. No, like, yeah, you can have a look after this. Um, horrifically bad videos. Some of them got like 1.4 million views. And I was like, oh, hang on. I've actually got something here. 1.4? 1.4 million views. But I think they had like a like a 60,000 dislike to maybe 10,000 like <laughs> ratio. Uh, like I got bullied. Um, <laughs> I got bullied, but it's okay. Um, yeah, so I, I was looking at doing media at university or the, the sports science. And I guess I just went into sports science because I was like, that'll be easier. There's more opportunity. Mm. And sometimes I'm like, man, if I'd gone the other way, if I'd gone the other way, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this talk to you. I'd, I'd, God knows where I'd be. Yeah, 100%. Um, That's what I think too. Like yeah. I'm, I'm working in, oh, I'm trying to make this somewhat of my profession. Yeah. And I have no idea. Like I'm just a sports scientist, exercise physiologist, but yeah. just bought some equipment going... 
maybe I can figure out how to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's like, I have this thing, like we have, again, I do a lot of chatting to mates apparently, but it's like, if I hadn't signed up to cross country in year 12, I, I couldn't tell you where I'd be right yeah. now. Because I, I wouldn't have wouldn't have made it in the cricket world. Like I would have just petered out. I would have destroyed my self-confidence as a, as a human being. And then I don't know where I would have gone. Maybe I would have done media at university. And then, I don't know, maybe I could have been really good and I'd be in like Hollywood right now. I highly doubt it. Or I could be, I don't know, like playing PlayStation all day, nine to five, living off welfare. I, I couldn't tell and you. Just, just I, having your degree hanging up in the wall? Yeah. Like, look, <laughs> I, I did something and that's going to, I'm going to write off that my whole life. But I could still be making YouTube videos that are horrifically bad. So, well, that's going huge at the moment. It is. I kind of wish that I was like... I, I don't think I had the personality to be a, like a YouTuber. Like, but not a lot of people do in those early stages. No, it's something you develop. Like if you if you look at like big YouTubers now and you go back to like their first YouTube videos, yeah. they're always awkward and like you, you obviously build up the, the confidence to, to talk to people and then be stupid in public. But like I, I still occasionally, I do air, airline reviews. I, I fly 50 times a year, so I may as well like film some stuff and make a quick video. I still put them up, them up on YouTube, but... There's YouTube airline reviewers that like take the camera on board and they have a microphone. They're talking to themselves and they're talking to the cat. I'm not that sort of person. I'm way too intrinsic and closed off. I sort of sneak the footage in and not make a scene. Yeah. Whereas these other people are like, can I speak to the pilot? Like, oh, how long have you worked with this airline? Like, film this, film this. I, I can't do that. I feel like I'm being too much in people's faces. But it's obviously something that you go back and you watch their first videos. They're like, I am Probably exactly now. Where you are. Yeah, they're being very shy and it's something you go into. And the only reason I haven't grown into it, into it is because it's not my job. It's not my passion. It's just mm. something I do on the side because I got 10 hours to do nothing on an airplane. But yeah, it's, it's, it's something you develop and you grow confidence with like anything yeah. else, I guess. I think the best advice I got given, like doing this, I didn't really know what i was doing but i just in my head i went i've got to buy this i've got to do this it's all going to be perfect yeah even though it was never going to be yeah i have no idea what i'm doing and someone just said to me just get content out there yeah because you get one bit out there even if it sucks and you get two yeah. views it doesn't matter you've it's done it first you've, then you've you got your next. foot in the door next thing you know you've done 20 and you're looking back going like i can't believe i was that bad there. yeah i was gonna say this now. this interview in 12 months time you look back and be like this was shit old <laughs> yeah, no, you'll, you'll have like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Joe Rogan on the podcast. I'll have like, you after you've competed in the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, or me. Um, yep. And then I'll be sitting here so, dribbling the same shit. Same conversation. <laughs> Had Maccas before the Just Olympics. a bit more grey in your beard. Oh, God, no. I've already got grey hair, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, fuck, I reckon we could keep talking for ages. Um, one thing I want to ask is any good recommendations at the moment? Books, TV shows, movies? See, I don't have time for TV shows. Book. I haven't read a book since The Hunger Games in 2013. And I was reading it when I was supposed to be doing my year 12 exam. So I'd like sneak it under. I'd just read it instead. Not not in the exam when I was yeah. studying, studying for the exams. Um, yeah, I don't really read a lot. And then movies, I've just gone through all the Star Wars again, like in the last couple of days. Um, you know, that's one thing I actually haven't watched all of. Well, so I haven't seen the last of the the new the new new ones, like the one that came out. I've never seen years all ago. the old ones. Yeah, right. I only like Star Wars. I didn't grow up on it, so I only yeah. watched uh, one, which was is it episode four or something? Yeah, which like was the like first? The, f- yeah. the first one. Yeah, in I've seen commas. that, but I haven't yeah. actually seen all the others. All the other ones. Awesome. Anyway, it's been a pleasure having you in today, man. No, my pleasure. I'd really say let's do it more often. But enjoy you having podcast taking the time to come up here too. Yeah, it's no, always it's a bit good. of a trek for some people. Oh, I've just moved back further north of the river, so it only took me like 
20, 15 minutes to get here, 15, 20 minutes. Oh, so nothing, it really was not Absolutely too bad. Nothing. But uh, I'm really looking forward to what you're going to achieve down the track. I really hope this transition goes well because yeah, I'm thanks, excited man. to see where you go. And I do try to keep up on the socials with what you're up to and it looks sick and it's sort of a little inspiration for me now that I'm in my running. Yeah, era. yeah. And, and now that you know that I'm going to be at the running, the Perth Up Running Festival, you've actually got to train because I'll, I'll be there watching. You're going to be setting the benchmark <laughs> for me now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks heaps for doing this. You, um, you're officially a friend or mate of the Matt and Mates podcast. Fuck yeah. Well, Glad to be part of the crew. I should, I should get a community going for that, shouldn't I? And, um, Am I the first Matt on the on the podcast? You might be actually. That's not yourself, obviously. Uh, yeah, it's a Matt and Matt podcast, man. Right? <laughs> yeah, beautiful. <laughs> but uh, thanks, Heath, for it. As a little gesture for thank you, our proud sponsors. That's Shelter Brewery. We've got together a little pack for you there. We're we're um we're getting absolutely sloshed at Shelter on Saturday, FYI. Oh, there <laughs> we got a we got a table of thirty uh, booked, and we're because we we finished in the morning. I think at like eleven o'clock, we're going from the finish of the the half marathon straight to shelter so they will get plenty of business from us <laughs> on saturday morning i'll see if i can pull a few strings for you. yeah, yeah <laughs> doubtful, <do it>. doubtful. <laughs> but uh cheers to this mate it's been awesome to catch up and um i'm looking forward to sharing this with everyone yeah no thank you for having me on it's always always cool thanks man so yeah thanks for listening to the matt and mates podcast If you enjoyed the show and feeling generous, you can like, follow, or subscribe on our socials or wherever you get your podcasts. For those wanting to go that bit further, you can leave a review or share with your family and friends. If you have any recommendations on guests, give feedback or advertise on the pod, give us a message on socials or flick an email to mattandmates at gmail.com. Stay tuned for the next episode when it drops. And as always... I love you all.